You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. An interesting Hanhog of Rabbi Yashiv. And it really reflects the fact, I think many of us have, that, it, that especially uh, in the Nusach of Ashkenaz, the kinnus are very long, very complex. They need a lot of learning. And in many shows, what they do is they do selected kinnus, they skip a couple of ones, they have explanatory kinnus, um, different minyanim, some go quicker, some go faster. They spend the afternoon explaining them. A lot of this, I think, is the school of Salvechik, who, in America, who spent uh, a lot of his day of, of Tisha B'Av brilliantly explaining the Kinnus, and, and that sort of set the pace for his students and for others. Here was Rebel Yoshev's Hanhoga. He knew that Kinnus would be said for a long time in, in the Beis HaKnesis on Tisha B'Av morning, but he also knew how long it was and how significant it was, so he would start saying the Kinnus even before... the you know, like, like a dawn, uh, as the morning was dawning. And he would say it very slow, word by word. And that was time, let's say he went to shul every day the same time. So let's say it was on Tisha B'Av morning at seven. He'd been up already for hours. But he was he, he would have been saying kinnis early in the morning. He went to shul. Of course, of course, he would daven shachris. And then after Kriya Satera, he would start where he had left off. So even though the rest of the Kehillah was just starting Kinnus, he was somewhere in the middle based on his way of saying it, which at that point he was ahead of them, but then they quickly passed him because he said it so slow and with such intention. Um, in fact, even what's considered by the Ashkenazim, I don't know if by the Svardim, um, the just sort of like the, one of the last Kinnus that we say, he would be holding earlier, even though, uh, you know, uh, they would say uh, many kinnis, uh, he would still be earlier. And then he would go home and keep on saying kinnis where he had stopped. So this was the man, one of the greatest <laughs> postgame of his time, if not the biggest postgame of his time, a genius according to all accounts. And this is the way he said kinnus word by word, where in the afternoon, what was he doing? He was still finishing the kinnus that he was saying from the morning. In fact, it took hours, they said, way past chatzos. In fact, even it turned out, if you thought about it, the, the kinnus lasted 10 hours, let's say from five in the morning to um, three or something, four in the afternoon, perhaps, uh, you know, something like that. The last kin, the last Tisha B'Av of his life, people were with him all the time. He was obviously not in the greatest shape. Uh, and we talk about the way he fasted. That was something else with infusions. We're not going to talk about how he fasted. That was, maybe we'll speak about next week, Mirza Shem, about fasting. But just in terms of that, that last uh, uh, Tisha B'Av of Revel Yoshev Zatzal's life, they said he said kinnis much longer than usual. He said kinnis mamish till the time it was time to go daven minchen mariv. So he was saying kinnis the whole day from the morning. Can you imagine that? Um, and in fact, even though al pi he was able to sit on a normal chair after chatzos, he said, I'm saying kinnis now. 
you can sit in a normal chair when you're sitting in a normal chair. Maybe you're learning what you're allowed to learn on Tisha B'Av. Maybe you're just sitting in a chair to whatever it is, to sit out the window, to look out the window, to think about the Chorban. But when you're saying kinnis, even though it's after Chatzais, Rabbi Yosha felt you should be sitting on a low chair. And you can imagine what it was like in Eretz Yisrael. He didn't necessarily have, you know, uh, it's not California with the beautiful sea breezes coming in over there in Yerushalayim. It could get very hot. Tish above day, he was mocked that he'd be wearing his hat and his jacket during the whole saying of the Kinnis. This is quite, quite astonishing. And it tells you again, you know, how significant, how much effort we should put into it in terms of preparing what these Kinnis are. I want to start the next section here about Kinnis with a statement from Rav Shach. Uh, this was the statement Rav Shach made. And I don't know why Rav Shach decided to use this event to make the statement, but it's not surprising that he made it. This was uh, in 1985, right after the stipler had passed away. The stipler, of course, was Rav Chaim Kanievsky's father, the Kilos Yaakov, as he was called, and based on the name of his sefer. And in Panovich Yeshiva, where the Rav Shach was the Rosh Yeshiva, they had a hespit for him. And Rav Shach said the following at that hespit. That was in Elul 1985. He says, people think they can make, with Taken Takonos, people think they can make Takonos today. They, they write Kinnison. They write Kinnus in the modern days. They make new Takonos. Rav Shach said, this is a Chorben on Kal Yisrael. Why? Because today it looks like Rav Shach says they're making a takana for this thing, which sounds benign enough. But what does that show, Rav Shach says? It shows that they we have power, that we are people who can do things. And you know what they're going to say? They're going to say in the future, we're going to make a new takana. We have the ability to do that meaning new takonas and changing things because now there's a Medina and now we're going to change Nuschos and Tefillah. Rav Shach said in 1985, we don't have the ability to do that. That's only what our, 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 our ancestors had. Our grandfathers, maybe after Tat-Tat-Tat, maybe after Tatanav, those Gedolim had the ability to, Rabbeinu Gershom, they can make takonos. We can't. We can't add anything. And even though Rav Shach says they get the haskamas of other Rabbonim, it's a dvar treifahu. It's treif what these Rabbonim are doing. So that is what Rav Shach said. So Rav Shach was against, and you know where I'm going with this, Rav Shach was against creating a new kinnis for the Churban Shoah, for the, for the Holocaust. Rav Shach felt that it's... It, it's not that Rav Shach, Rav Shach himself was a victim in many ways of the Shoah, in terms of where he had to go and where he had to run away and his, his friends and the people that were so close to him that died. It's not that Rav Shach was unfeeling, but Rav Shach said, our door can't be in anything. We can't do any takoms. Um, I, I want to show you that Rebel Yoshev had a much more um, benign, uh, uh, median, uh, uh, lower-temperatured, approach, uh, a much more measured response to this. 
And the first thing starts with the fact that Rebel Yoshev, in his Beisach uh, they actually said, they said the, uh, the, they said the kina of, of what? The one that the Bav of a Rebbe wrote. And you can find that there, there are a number of ones. I, I might be mistaken, but I think in Art Scroll and in other editions of the Kinnis, they print the uh, the kinnis of the Chorban Shoah, of the Holocaust from the Bava Rebbe. That was from Shlomo Halberstam. And there's also... They have it there. They have it the Bava yeah. Right. And they also have the, the, the kinnis of Rav Schwab. I think yes. those... Oh, those are the two. There might be others. But those yeah. are two that are printed. By Rabbi Yoshev, they said the one of the Bava Rebbe. That was the one they said in in... In, so obviously, Rav, Rav Shach, Rav Shwa, Rav, let me repeat this. Um, Rav Yoshev disagreed. He felt that there was an idea of saying uh, a special uh, kinna for the Holocaust. In fact, Rav Yoshev has a tshuva about this. And here is the tshuva from, interestingly, a month before Rav Shach gave his very strong speech. A month before Rav Shach gave his strong speech, this is what Rav Yoshev wrote. It wasn't published necessarily until years later, but this is what he wrote in Tammuz 1985. He said to this Rav Pinchas Herzka, you want to compose a kinda that everyone in the Tzibur should say on Tishabov for what happened from the years 39 to 45. He says, I am Maskim. In other words, you asked that I should be Maskim. Rebel Yoshev says, Hadover nochutz v'nochon admaod. It's important. It should be done. Here you see that he's not like Rav Shach. Umiskenim nizbonet. And I can prove it from what was done in previous generations, from the Zikanim of previous generations. Doros Arishonim, the Churban Akihilos. Look what happened in this, in, in, in the years 1096, of course, in, 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 in Germany and the massacres that occurred there during the Crusades. Shechibru Kinnus, Alzeh. There were, there were Kinnus that those authors wrote. And it was obviously because not they had seen the Chorban, but they had seen the slaughter of Jews in their time. And they connected that to what was said every Tishabov. So if that's what they did in the time of the Rishonim, we should do it now. However, here's where he's a realist, Rev. Rev. Yoshev. In other words, we haven't come together. We don't have so much achdus. Rebel Yoshev is not saying it's wrong, but he knows the reality. Rebel Yoshev in 1985 already saw there's so many different types of Jews, so many different slices of frumkite, so many different flavors. It's going to be hard. For there to be one kinna that's written, that all the people are masking. Oh, this is a good one. 
So Rabbi Yoshev therefore said, You should say during Tisha B'Av something about the Shoah. But each community should pick what they like, what they, what their Rav, what their community thinks stirs them. And hopefully that will be the situation till Achi Tzoma Revi, Vitzoma Chamishi, Tzoma Shmi, Vitzoma Siri, as the Pasuk and Zachariah says, Lebeis Yehuda L'Sosun L'Simcha. Meaning Rebbe Yoshev knew that it was going to be hard to, for everyone to agree. Now, they, when Rav Shach made this speech, it caused quite uh, an effect. And uh, many people turned to Rav Shach to explain himself better. And uh, his son-in-law, Rav Bergman, you might have heard of, uh, went to speak to Rav Shach about this. Because here you have Rabbi Yoshev uh, clearly disagreeing with, uh, uh, with Rav Shach's approach. So Rav Bergman, who was Rav Shach's son-in-law, wanted to explain. He said, I spoke to my father-in-law, Rav Shach, Rav Lezer uh, Man Shach, and he, of course, is, uh, knows the pain of Klau Yisrael. And he asked me to write, and I'm not sure if it was to Rebel Yoshev that he was writing it, or to someone else. He said, Rav Shach said, I agree, any Rav can choose in his shul what he wants to say, or maybe doesn't have to say. Maybe the Rav will decide in our show we're not going to say something about the Holocaust. But what I'm against, Rashad said, was making a takana that we're going to say we have the power to say everyone should say it, and this is what part of being an Orthodox Jew in, in this century is, is you must say something about the Holocaust. He says, that we can't do. But as you see, that still made a difference between him and Rebel Yoshev. Rebel Yoshev says that... Uh, he again, you can see where the line of demarcation is now in this machlokas between Rebbe, the subtle machlokas between Rebel Yoshev and Rav Shach. I want to tell you where the other people uh, chimed in on this. My, my, my computer's going a little bit slow, but I want to show you here. That who was with Rav Elyashev in this? And I, 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 this is a very important issue, and I want to do justice to it. Rav Shlomazalman Arabach wrote in a letter that was printed in the Sefer Seder Kinnis Latishabov. And Rabbi Yoshev, Rabbi Arabach said he believes there should be a special kinna for the Shoah. But like Rabbi Yoshev is, is Mechutin, he's worried that there's gonna, it's not going to be accepted by everyone. Rabbi Vosner, who was, of course, one of the great poskim as well, says it's good. I am for it to, to create a kinna about this terrible event these events of, of, of the Shoah. There's also a letter that we have, and look at the names that are printed on this letter. Rav Moshe Feinstein, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, the Blue Rebbe, 
who of course was also a, 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 a escapee from the a, a remnant of the Shoah, Rav Ruderman was my Rosh Hashiva, Rav Gifter, the Telzer Rosh Hashiva. They both, they all wrote and they signed this letter. That there should be in all Jewish communities an aspect of crying and, and sighing and, and to have the pain of the Kedosha Europe and to give out our hearts and tefillah on their loss of so many millions of Jews that these Roshoyim killed. And therefore, every Beis HaKnesses should add, the Gedolei America says should add a kinah, and that it should be said after the kinahs, before Eilitzio. Now, Rav Moshe, Rav Gifter, and others said, we know there's already have been attempts, there have been other attempts, there have been things that have been written, and they are good compositions, Sfugos tsar they're full of pain and and like the blue Javarebbe and from the Rav So therefore, once again, they sort of wimp out here, these Rabbonim. Every cow should pick the one that's closer to their heart, a Lvovo. Which one seems to create the tears necessary to have the proper zikaron of the Kadosha Yisroel? And to and to bemoan what happened to them, and ubeleif karua umerutach, and that was also the opinion of Rav Scheinberg, who was an American who was owed Eretz Yisrael and was recognized even among the Eretz Yisrael uh, as a sabris as a gon and a posek. Rav Chaim Pinchas Scheinberg, he says it's definitely important uh, to do this. Um, and he also mentions that, that there have been compositions, and therefore Yafa uh, Venochon to do it to do this. Now that was again; those are more in line with Rav Yoshev. Rav Sternbach, however, writes again. He says there should not be a takana to be of everyone. So here we have, he's still alive, continuing the Derech of Rav Shach. And what is that? That is, We don't have the right to make such a Takona. And he says exactly what Rav Shach says, that if we are going to make a Takona, then they're going to want from us. Look what he says. In other words, who's going to be Dorish? Who's the unstated enemy? The Tzionim, the, the modern, the Hevra, the Mizrachiniks. There's going to be, they're going to demand from us to make Takonis. And therefore, he invokes Rav Shach's Rebbe, and who is his Rebbe, the Briskarov, Rav Chaim Salvechik's son. He says, that's why the Briskarov never wanted there to be a big Asif of Rabbonim. He didn't want there to be Hechel Shlomo. He didn't want there to be some giant convocation. You know, of course, he fought with Rav Maiman, with Fishman, against making a new Sanhedrin or making any sort of new uh, group of Rabbonim together. He was against that, the Briskarov. 
because he felt that would lead to making new takonas. However, uh, Rav, Rav, Rav Sternbach says, if, a, if there's a Rebbe or an Admar who wants to do something for his Kehillah, and he says it's good to say it on Tisha B'Av, it's not us, or there's no Kshash. It's right, it's proper to do it, not to forget. And therefore, they should decide whether they should say it. But look at this, oh, low, or maybe not. That's the difference. Rav Shach, Rav Sternbach, look where they're saying, maybe you don't have to say it. And maybe you're right in not saying it. You're going to decide. This subtle difference is very is a very important one. Whereas Rav Moshe, Rav Gifter, Rav Lyoshev, and others felt, we need to say, we need to do something. We cannot decide that it's already past the time of the Shoah. We're not going to speak about that anymore. So this, I think, is a very important, subtle machlekas, which really has a lot to do with what our power is as of a rabbinic community today. Now, I want to end with a couple of other interesting points. There's another interesting letter that was that, that Rav uh, Elyashev composed a month before that other letter. It seems like in 1985, there was a lot of, I don't know why, maybe it was because it was the uh, 40th anniversary, I don't know why. But for some reason, there was a lot Maybe because it was the 40th anniversary of the liberation, there was a lot of uh, uh, of discussion about it. But anyway, uh, he wrote a letter to the Kalva Rebbe. You might have heard of the great Kalva Rebbe. So he said the Kalva Rebbe had a new Eitza. What was his Eitza? He wanted to be Mesakin, that that uh, with a letter sent out to all of Klal Yisrael, that everyone should say every day, should say Kriyashma, which we all do, we hope, right? We say Kriyashma every day. And when we say Kriyashma, I'm having a little trouble with, with, with the screen. Every day, <laughs> um, and every day after Aleinu Shabayach. And what was the takon of the Kalavar Rebbe? First of all, everybody, when they say Kriya Shema, be makabal mochu shamayim, of course. And after Aleinu, to say it again. And when you say it after Aleinu, to be misyached with the Kedoshim. I'm not sure where the Kalavar Rebbe got this, but he felt after Aleinu, which we know shows us our fealty to God and how much that means, we should connect with the people, with the, with, with the millions that died in the Holocaust. So Rafael Yoshev says to him, your intentions are very good, and we definitely should not forget. And people try to make us forget about what the Rishoyim did. And we can never be Masiach Das, because their blood is screaming from the earth, Azokim and Adama. And I understand what you're after. But I want to tell you that right after the Holocaust in 1945 and 46, there was a movement in Eretz Yisrael to create a Holocaust day of fasting. The people should be fasting on, on that. The Chazanish was against this. And he said, we... Our, our generation, our generation is the Dor Shetovlo Hashtika, the generation of quiet, 
generation that can't speak. We aren't Roy to be Kovei Advarim. So here this is similar to what Roshach says. We can't be Kovei Advarim Ledoros. Of course, that's different than saying we should institute a, a special kinna on Tishabov. This is inventing our own fast day. That, Rav Yoshev, quoting Rav, Rav Chazanish, says that we can't do. So in creating something brand new for the sake of the Shoah, like the Kalva Rebbe wanted to do, that everybody should say Shema again after Aleinu and think about connecting to the people that died, that, Rav, Rav Yoshev felt, was something, something brand new. That's something that we can't do. And especially Rav Yoshev, who knew about Kabbalah, he didn't know what it meant to be misyached in Kedoshim. What does that mean? Somehow we can connect to the dead? I mean, how, how does that work? That to him was something he didn't, he didn't feel was something. And he says, if you want to be machazic something, you want to come up with a takana for all of Kuala Yisrael to do, to not forget. So maybe what we should do is, is push people to learn Mishnayas. People should learn Mishnayas every day. There should be a Kriyas to learn Mishnayas, Lili Nishmas Especially the ones who didn't leave over children, that there was no Zikaron for them. That's something which, again, he's a, it makes sense. That's what Rebbe Yoshev should think of. So that makes sense. And as HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Ba'arachmem yastirem b'seser knopav olomim, v'nokum Yoshev l'tzorav. Those perpetrators should, should, should suffer an akoma. That was what Rebel Yoshev felt. So obviously there's a little, I think it's important to see, not to create something new, but to attach to something that's already there. Just to end with a, a Dover Tov, Rebel Yoshev was a Sandik at the end of his life consistently. And many people say that's why he was, one of the reasons he has the Tzchus to live so long, because he took Sandikos often, because it's Segula Parichas Yomim. And of course, who wouldn't want their child to be held by the hands of the great Tzaddik Rebbe Yoshev? So Rebbe Yoshev did it a lot. So he was a, 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 a Sandik many times on Tishabov as well. So on Tishabov, he would give his hand out to the father. He would say Mazel Tov, he'd give his hand out to him. And Rebbe Yoshev says that that's not called Sheila Sholom on Tishabov. And he quoted, of course, the great other who was a Dayan in, 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 in the Bezdin as well, like he was, Rabbi Pesach Frank, the Rav Yerushalayim, for the Rabbanut, that the Minig is in England, that even when it's not Tisha B'Av, in England, Rabbi Pesach Frank quoted what was done in England, that they would tell an Ovel, they wouldn't just say, Hamokam they would say, you should live Chayim Aruchim. And they would hand, give them their hand. We don't do that necessarily. But obviously that's not called Sheila Sholom and Tishabov. Giving a hand to someone and saying Mazel Tov and saying it should be Gesund, that's not called. Sheila Sholom is asking what's going on, what's doing. Real deep inquiry. So let's remember to be a mensch on Tishabov as well. We don't have to be as, we don't have to be as guarded as others. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.